It's the Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning, also on Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from. And a Sunday has arrived at your place as the weekend continues, and you've managed to get through another week of paying your mortgage. Our thoughts are with you as the great belt tightening is going on across Australia to salvage and save mortgages where it is the 24th day of July for 2022. Coming up, we are back into another Sunday week in review. It's a time to reflect back on some of the stories, the interviews, the comments about real estate as we do every Sunday morning. And if you're celebrating your birthday for the 24th, you are sharing it on the same day as Jennifer Lopez. She is turning 52 today, and I didn't realise that she and Ben Affleck tied the knot the other day, so they are now husband and wife. Barry Bonds, the baseball player, he is turning 57. And last night I finished the last and final series of Ozark, Jason Bateman is so good in this. If you're an aspiring actor, he gives out a masterclass on how it should be done in every episode. If you haven't watched the series, I can totally recommend Ozark, which is currently streaming on Netflix. From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. And checking on your weather around Australia in Sydney. First we go expecting the rain. Yes, one or two showers and a high of 18 degrees. Melbourne, a little bit of cloud, but it is going to be dry for your Sunday morning. 18 is your forecast high. Brisbane, blue skies and sunshine, 22. And in Perth, one or two showers today and a high of 17 degrees. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. I want you to tell me a little bit about Ramsgate Beach Townhouse. This got everybody talking, people reporting on this. It's another property in Sydney carrying a price well above expectations. So tell us a little bit about what happened. It was an unreal auction result. It went way above the reserve, 450000 above the reserve, a result that even now, um, you know, we're going through the whole process, how the, how the, auction, the whole auction day rolled, and, and I still can't believe it. Myself, my colleagues, the vendors, even the buyers and whoever had the opportunity to attend this auction, specifically when, when you see all these incl- auction clears rains um, um, dropping week by week, and then this auction comes along and then sells... 450,000 above reserve. We had 13 registrations and 24 contracts during the four weeks. The amount of people that came to the auction, I was thinking, and I turned around to the auctioneer and I said, what is going on today? Because this is just reminds us back before Christmas or even in February and March this earlier this year. And now, yes, exactly. The the neighbors and, and they said, okay, well, if this townhouse now selling for this much, you know, how much is my house worth? Everyone's expectations are obviously going way beyond than how much they were um, thinking their property worth. And I can't blame them. You know, three bedroom townhouse sells for almost similar price for a three bedroom freestanding house in the area. 
This result definitely created a new benchmark in the area. But the question mark is, does the next similar property or something bigger than this worth a lot more? It's definitely a a question and a debate that um, is going to last for three or four weeks at least. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. What is happening in your current market there with the vendors going to market? Are vendors quietly optimistic for outcomes or cautiously pessimistic? Yeah, so I do think that expectations are adjusting. We're fortunate to work with vendors that are motivated, so they've got a good reason to sell. You know, to go on the market in our area, you're looking at an investment of, of close to $10,000 in advertising. But most of our vendors are still achieving a price that they're comfortable with and that allows them to move on. And what about the buyers on your turf there? What's the general sentiment feeling like at this time? They're certainly more cautious than they were last year, which was the strongest market that that we've seen. I've got colleagues that have been doing this for 40 years and they've never seen anything like it. There was just so much urgency that buyers were just scrambling to get in really. They were willing to compromise on a lot more and they were willing to really stretch their budgets, but that has changed now. So people are factoring in further interest rate hikes. They're also factoring in the building costs if they need to renovate. So they're becoming a little bit more discerning and just a little bit more cautious in what they're wanting to spend or willing to spend as well. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. While we say the vendor and the buyer have to adapt to the changing correcting market, so too do sales agents representing properties across Australia. So how are you personally going in this changing market, Stefan? Yeah, we've had to come to the realisation that, as some people say, the party is over. So, you know, it's all a mental headspace game for us. At the end of the day, our clients are vital and important. And if we're not positive about things, then they probably won't see the confidence in us. So we've accepted it. We accepted it pretty quickly. And we have probably more empathy now than we did last year when it comes to understanding a client and the fact that they're selling in a market, you know, much different from last year. So critical conversations are really important. Yeah, we've managed to ride this wave into the new market that way. So that example, coming back to Bardwell Valley and the rise in the value, tell us a little bit about why that area is a standout with this recent prop track report. It was a dormant suburb, really. It was bypassed and driven past and not many you know, buyers or people knew about it. We then saw a huge migration of buyers from the inner west coming into Bardwell Valley, which is you know, two kilometres away or a five-minute drive over the river. Since that happened last year, the, you know, the market of Bardwell Valley now is known from the buyers in the inner west coming down. They discovered it last year and that trend is continuing. So really, really good to see inner west buyers still migrating to, to the suburb and it makes sense for them. More affordable in, in a lot of ways and only five minutes down the road from where they ideally would want to be. And we talked at the top of you having to adapt personally to the changing market. What about the vendors in the area? Are they adapting to the newfound market and uh, different price points? We feel that that journey for them, some owners are understanding of what's happening out there. The media is a fantastic tool at times to depict what's happening in the market. Some owners are sort of still stuck on last year's prices 
but we feel that the majority of the market is now finally understanding that things are rebalancing and that last year was you know a one in 100 year flood so the expectations are becoming more realistic now as we progress towards the end of the year it's your real estate weekend podcast in review and so looking at Brisbane and Adelaide, where there is still a demand for property going on there right now, the listings are still down well below pre-pandemic levels. So competition is still a factor, right? That's exactly right. Um, you know, Brisbane and Adelaide have been real star performers over the pandemic. We've seen a lot of people wanting to move there, given relatively more affordable housing um, and searching for more space, which you can find more easily in those suburbs than in, say, Sydney or Melbourne. What that's meant is that the number of properties actually on market and available to purchase is well down compared to where it was pre-pandemic in both cities, something like 40% which means that buyers just have a lot less to choose from. And, you know, for any given property, it's much more competitive with other buyers. And what about Western Australia, where there is talk about a post-COVID resurgence seeing a market activity stimulation with 15 suburbs recording median price increases of 10% or more in three short months? Yeah, Perth's a very interesting one. Um, you know, it hasn't seen maybe quite as rapid growth in prices over the pandemic as some other cities, which leaves it in a you know relatively more affordable position than it was pre-pandemic. And, and we're maybe starting to see that, as you say, in, in some of the performance. In terms of its listings activity, it's continuing to be quite busy, like much of the rest of the country in June, even though we're going into the typically quieter winter period. We had the busiest June for new listings in Perth since 2011. So, you know, very busy, a lot of vendors coming to market for a winter period, which is typically quieter than, say, spring. And what about the numbers, Angus, for an increase in any suburb where the number of sales is a small sampling pool? Now, the reason I ask this is a couple of days ago, an agent mentioned the sales figures in his area were based off just 20 sales with that suburb increasing by 10%. So I guess the question is, is the pool a big enough sampling? Yeah, it's exactly right. You know, particularly in winter, sales volumes are a bit lower. And so at a suburb level, which is a relatively small geographic area, you might be looking at a reasonably small number of sales overall. And so that's why we can see them, you know, tripling in the space of a year. That's why we often look at the broader, what we call SA4 regions, which cover something like 300,000 to 500,000 people, because there you're looking at a, a big enough area that even in winter, you've got a really good sample of of properties coming to market to compare how busy it was this year versus last. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. We've got more people interested in commercial property. Perhaps for our listeners, let's break down what they can expect from yield returns maybe in 2022 for certain types of commercial property. We're purchasing around sort of 40 properties per month for our clients on average. And this is just my anecdotal evidence of what I'm seeing in the market. So in Sydney, like yields can be as low as 2%, but most most sort of between 2 and 4% net. So obviously that's not super high. It's in fact one of the lowest yielding markets in Australia, uh, as is Melbourne, which is quite similar. 
you go to places like Brisbane, you, you can still find uh, yields anywhere from 5 to 7% net return. Our average pur- purchasing yield in Brisbane in uh, 2022 this year is 6.1 at the moment. So we're, we're still seeing good yields. That's industrial, that's uh, neighborhood shopping centers, stuff like that. Now, yields will, will vary depending on length of leases and quality of suburb and whatnot. I'm just generalizing here. Uh, if you go to sort of the re or let's say Perth, it's quite similar numbers to Brisbane. You might find the yields are slightly higher. So you can get over anywhere from 5.5 to just over 7%. Adelaide, interestingly, is a tight market now. One of the main reasons for that is we have found that the stamp duty concessions, like you don't pay stamp duty in that market for commercial, has made a lot more investors go there. So yields are probably about a percent lower for an equivalent purchase in in Perth or Brisbane. So you're sort of working off fours to six if you're lucky in that market, but most stuff's around five. Uh, These are net returns. This is after like outgoings as well. So don't get this confused with a gross return in residential. Like when when an agent in residential quotes you a 5% gross return, it's really about a 3% net return. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.